there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is mine friend, Josh. Hello. Hello, Shin. Uh Welcome back, everybody, to the Euro Rush trip reports. Hope you listened last week, tuned in to hear us wax lyrical about Movie Park Deutschland. We're in Deutschland again this week. But before we get to that, I got so distracted by all the uh, Deutsch excitement that I forgot to ask the question I always start with, Josh. Oh. Wie geht's? Sehr gut, danke. Und du? Fantastisch, bitte. Fantastisch. Especially, especially given that I'm going to spend the next hour or so reliving what oh. was an excellent day at Tripstrill. A, oh, a, what a day. A true delight. A true delight. Just to set it up briefly, it's it's out in the sticks. It's out in the countryside. It's it was family run. It feels it's got that kind of family vibe anyway. Yeah, I think I said on um, on the day it feels like a kind member of the community to give something back to his village, used his expansive farmland not just for his own business but to build something for families from far and wide to come and experience. That's, that's the vibe of Tripstrill to me. Yes. How on earth did you find it? Uh, honestly, you know, we, we had our big names in there. We had our Europa Parks, our Fantasia Lands, our Eftelings. They were kind of our three big key points we had to hit. And then I just kind of did a search on, you know, other theme parks in Germany that might be on our route. And this was one of the ones that came up. Uh, you know, we were staying. I was like, oh, I kind of want to go to the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart, so we'll stay there. Um, and then we'll find a park around there, like closer to there, that we can go to as well. And Tripstrill was the one. Yeah, definitely worth noting that if you're kind of looking for a point of reference so far as a relatively major city goes, then Stuttgart is where we were sat- where we were staying when we went to Tripstrill and it wasn't a very long drive. It was maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. It took a little longer on the way back. Yeah, it's about half hour. We hit some traffic, but yeah, it's about half hour. It's a beautiful park. I mean, we were obviously there during the summer months in June. As I say, it's out in the countryside, very, very green, open space, rolling hills, half expected to see Julie Andrews appear in the distance, singing a happy <laughs> song. Uh, but instead... There were roller coasters off in oh, the distance. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit akin to Alton Towers in that way. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Kind of out in the sticks, a bit like, where the hell am I going? And then all of a sudden it opens up and there it is, the park right in front of you. Quaint little car park, just parking up on some grass and some gravel. Yeah. Feels like you're going to the zoo. Yeah. And the entrance is also quite unassuming. There, once again, is a Twitter thread with a ton of pictures that I'll put a link to in the show notes so that you can kind of... I, I personally would open that up now as you listen to this and you can go through it with us because that's, that's our main point of reference for how we're going to go through the park on the podcast. And yeah, the, in, the entrance is, is really nice. It feels like you're walking into a little old-fashioned European and I suppose specifically German village. You know, the architecture, there's washing lines up above you with you know, clean clothes hanging down. Yep. Uh, there's quaint little bakery off to the side with some fantastic looking breakfast items as well as cakes and pretzels and things like that. You know, it's very different from rocking up at one of the bigger, more mainstream parks where it can feel pretty chaotic at the start because everyone's piling in, working out where they're going to go and then running off into whatever direction they think makes the most sense. Here it was it was even though there was a decent crowd gathered for opening time, it felt pretty relaxed and everyone just sort of swanned off quite casually at rope drop and it didn't feel like there was some sort of great rush on to get to any one particular ride. People were there to soak it up and just have a nice, relaxing time. So I liked the vibe from the off. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we went uh, during the week. Uh, We were there during a a local area holiday so the kids were off from school um but it was definitely uh you know mainly younger kids going to this park i think you know family it's definitely family friendly it's not like groups of teens are off 
there by themselves. It's for the most part families of various ages going to visit this park, you know, parents and children. Which is why actually the rides that we started with rather caught me off guard. I, uh, and this was a bit of a theme actually for almost all of the rides or the major rides at the park. They are far more intense and impressive and you know, really stack up quite well against some of the other big boy coasters that we did at the other parks on this trip. They stuck up pretty well against those. Yes. So we started with Voldampf, which is uh, you you veer left once you get out of kind of the main little entrance, uh, main street, if you like, of the park. You veer off left, and that's where you're going to find two of the newer roller coasters at the park, which are Voldampf and Hals Uberkopf. And uh, so, yeah, we started with with Voldampf. This is a mine train coaster. Uh, but the gimmick in this regard is that it starts by going backwards. So we did quite a few mine train coasters over the course of the trip, right, which maybe yeah. did a full lap, came back to the station and did another lap. Uh, but this one, or, or we did one where it set off uh, in a front, you know, forward, as you would expect, and then did come all the way backwards down the track to get back to the station. This, I think, was the only one that we did that actually started by going backwards, up a backwards chain lift. Yeah. And and then went from there. So this was pretty cool. And the, the sensation of going backwards up what was a decent chain lift, you know, it, it went up a fair got, got some way. It. It's quite an interesting sensation that I hadn't felt before on a roller coaster. Yeah, especially if you got if you managed to get those back seats, you were you were oh, really yeah. up there. That's really great. And then when it releases you, the sense of speed as you get to the bottom and go back through the station and head off onto the track proper, it's really great. So the the back row is definitely the place to be on Voldampf, I would say. Yeah, hundred percent. And much like the whole park, really. I mean. I think the surroundings are really beautiful. And as you go up quite high on that chain lift, you do get a really nice view. But I think aesthetically, this was probably my favorite part of the park. I just thought it was really beautifully laid out. It was so, so green. And uh, yeah, it was just, it, it felt like, it felt like these roller coasters had just been built on some existing sort of farmland almost. It It really didn't feel like, like some sort of artificial theme park construction. It all felt very natural to me. Yeah, um, and I think the, the buildings are really quaint and, uh, you know, fit the theme of the ride, but also th- fit the theme of the area as well. So this was kind of like mm. a quaint little uh, train station that would, you know, your sort of countryside train station uh, had that yeah. vibe to it, which was really cool. And then uh, the other building that it went into was kind of like an old farmhouse cottage as well, which was really cool. One of the coolest elements of this particular ride is that it actually goes into the loading station for the other coaster nearby, Hal's Uberkopf, and then heads back the way it came uh, towards its own loading yeah, station. Because it is a it is well, we, you know, we describe it as a mine train, and it is a boomerang coaster, so it does go back on itself. So you are going backwards uh, once you get to the end of the track. And there's some fantastic, as you like to call them, Josh, interactions between the two coasters. Like they do veer properly close to one another, which is really great when you're actually on the rides. But I think even more so when you're just walking around, there's a really great sense of kinetic energy walking around this part of the park. And you can get some absolutely fantastic shots, uh, either photos or video of the two coasters riding up pretty close to one another and and shooting off in various directions. It's, It's a very photogenic area of trips drill for sure the uh the intro clip that i've used in the vlog for trips drill uh has both coasters in it and it's oh it's top notch if you, if you do say so yourself if i yeah well you know <laughs> someone has to say uh, it yeah i mean look we, we will again it's a fantastic vlog uh, i back you there and i'll put a link to the vlog in the show notes too so absolutely go and check that out as well um, but yeah, Voldampf is great. Halzuberkopf is also fantastic. It's, you know, for those of you not quite as attuned to the German language as Josh and I, because, you know, we're, we're pretty good at this stuff. Oh, uh, that means uh, head over heels. I don't know if that was obvious. Uh, 
but that's what it means. Mm. And this is a sort of underslung coaster. Yep. And it's actually got a few inversions, which caught me off guard because there are no shoulder restraints. So, yes. I mean, th th that's becoming a little bit more common, I feel, with modern roller coasters, is that the, the kind of the sense that you need to be quite so restrained if you're going upside down. I think that kind of mindset is, it feels a bit dated at this point. And it does mean that, you know, you just feel way more free. And I think the inversions feel all the more enjoyable. For sure. I do very much like these inverted sort of, you know, underslung coasters. They're a big, big draw of me, of my, of me, of mine to any theme park, you know, Alton Towers, Thorpe Park. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think this was, this might have been my favourite ride in the whole park. On balance, it, it may well have been mine as well. It's very, very smooth. Yes. It's very, very smooth. But as I say, those inversions have a surprising thrill factor to them, I would say. And it's got a real good sense of speed as well. Yeah, excellent sense of speed, especially. And then, again, with those interactions as well, it just adds to that. And I think it's a real good sign if a roller coaster manages to make me laugh. Like if the <laughs> sensations are just so crazy that I can't help but laugh. So uh, Manta is a, is a roller coaster that makes me laugh. Velocicoaster is a roller coaster that makes me laugh, and uh, and Hal Zubakov made me laugh. And I will, you know, I will share this with the world right now, Josh. I I dribbled like a baby on this ride, and it went <laughs> all over my face. Oh wow! <laughs> it, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a real picture. It was a real picture, and uh, I'm I'm not proud, but I hope that just goes to show. How much fun I was having. I, I laughed myself uh, until drool was all over my goddamn face. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a bit grim, a bit grim. Um, I also really like how these rides are painted. Like it's quite a small thing that maybe you don't think of a lot when you're looking at a roller coaster. But I think the, the way the colours somehow both complement the surroundings, but also ensure that the coasters really stand out in those mm. surroundings like Halzubakopf is almost like a mustardy color and then Voldamp is this sort of almost brick red and I don't know what it is exactly but as I say they kind of they're striking and they stand out amongst all the greenery and the blue skies on this particular day but they also feel quite natural they don't feel like like I said again these don't feel almost like they don't feel like artificial constructions that have just been plopped down here and you're thinking hang on where's Where's this come from? You know, like a like an Iron Gwazi, for example, at Bush yeah. Gardens, which does literally feel like oh, someone's just kind of built this on Roller Coaster Tycoon and plopped it down in this space yeah. without really thinking too much about the surroundings. This These two rides have been built with the surroundings in mind. I think they the way they're laid out is really fantastic and they both, as I've said, are incredibly photogenic rides. Yes, I think, you know, they're... They, the colours contrast with the local area, but in a very complementary way, which is you know mm. really good to see. Uh, it's a total, total different world from Movie Park that we spoke about last week. Like, whereas that park, I don't think really had any. I think, as we said at the, actually last week, it maybe has one really great sightline, which is when you first enter the park, go yeah. through the the big archway, and you have the the Movie Park logo. Uh, atop this fountain with the Star Trek roller coaster off in the background. That's quite a nice shot. Tripstrill was just constantly throwing up these really beautiful opportunities for photos. So I think we were both just constantly stopping to take pictures or film yep. because uh, it's just an absolutely beautifully laid out park with a ton of really lovely sight lines um, all over the place, really. So, yeah, it just feels uh, it flows very naturally from one land to the next or from one area to the next. And They've thought about you know where some of these constructions are going and how you'd you'd walk up to them and see them for the first time and I think it, it works excellently. Yeah, absolutely, and I think this was almost the antithesis of like a Europa Park, for example. As we'll get to Europa Park in a few weeks, we both absolutely loved it. It's a fantastic theme park. It really, really is. But they absolutely cram as much as they can physically fit into that place. Like yes. you can't walk a yard without there being something to do, whether that be a ride or a shop 
or a show, it's absolutely chock full. Trips drill is not afraid to just be like, hey, you're just going to walk for like five minutes maybe. And you might not actually see anything that you can quote unquote do. But it's just very pleasant. As I said, there's loads of opportunities to just stop and soak it up, take a picture. Yeah. And that's that was very much the sense that we had as we walked over to the next rides that we decided to do. I mean, there's a fantastic picture, if I do say so, of you traipsing across a bridge over a little uh, body of water as we yeah. headed over towards the next couple of rides. And th those kinds of opportunities to, as I say, just soak it all up and enjoy the surroundings uh, are all over the park. Like it feels it feels really like a family park because there are there are rides that are surprisingly intense, surprisingly thrilling. If you want to do some really great coasters, this is a great place. But this is also somewhere where you could bring the grandparents and they could treat it almost like a completely different kind of day out because there's a lot of this park that just kind of evokes well, like a traditional park, to be honest, you know, yes. like a park park, not a theme park. park. Yeah, I think that's one of the, you know, the key things. So obviously you've got uh, these two rides over to the left and then you kind of got the other bulk of the big rides over to the right hand side. Um, and then in the middle is kind of the the OG part of the park. And that's where, you know, there's not really a lot of proper rides to do in there, but there are a lot of just things going on, little shows, little animatronics that are just kind of, you know, by the path side, just doing things as you walk past them. Um, there's a, there's tons of that going on. So it just creates this sort of atmosphere of of it being like kind of like a working village, as it were, of just things going on. And you just experience mm. them as you're walking by instead of, you know, being a fully fledged attraction that you have to queue for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next actual ride that we did now I've got to be honest Josh and I've tried to find it and I think I think the name of this ride is is just it's just in German so I'm going to have to just try my best to pronounce this I think it's just in German it's just in German yeah um, this is a log flume where you sit in a bath uh, bathtub uh, it's it's bizarre as we'll get to there are some uh, questionable uh, there's some questionable storytelling that goes on in this ride, I would I would suggest. Now, I think this is called the Badewanen Fad zu The Badewanen Fad zum Jungbrunnen, Josh. Yeah, yes. It, yeah. Uh, am I right there? Have I got that right? I think that's correct. Yeah, that looks um, right. Yeah. So this, again, I think it's worth just stressing. Really love how this ride has been set back into its surroundings. There's like a massive green open space where people were just chilling out, especially later in the day. They were chilling out, having picnics, things like that. And um, this ride is just set back from from that. And I think what's impressive, actually, is because that green space I just mentioned is so big, there's not really a lot of noise pollution that goes on. Like you, you sort of walk, walk up to this space point of the park and you wouldn't necessarily know that there's a log flume there and and set a little bit further back from that even as we'll get to there's a little wild mouse roller coaster as well but you, you don't really see them coming so to speak and again i think that's partly because they've been built into the surroundings really nicely and the actual construction that's that they've done to set this ride in is again done in a way which uh looks very natural looks very at home in the german yes countryside this looks kind of like an old kind of like a, a not a full-on castle but kind of like almost like a portion of an old germanic castle i would say a, sh a schloss uh, is that what that's called a schloss it's a uh, that's german for castle yes um, oh very nice yeah very much i um, guess um rather it's like the german version of a chateau i guess you could say ah yes 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 we 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 yeah, uh, um, we we call them more stately homes. We we have a you know we split them up between stately homes and castles, uh, mm. but the French and the Germans very much use one word for both of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think it's worth mentioning because I think this ride was probably the most stark example of this. They're very casual at Tripstrill about loading the rides, oh, so getting cold, people yeah. on and off. It's very much left to the guests. 
And as this is a water ride, you had a lot of people who maybe were only in a, you know, maybe they were in a group of two. And generally, if no one's going to force you to team up with a party of people that you don't know, you're probably just going to go in a in a bathtub, as it was in this case, by yourselves. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't the most efficient boarding experience. There was one that went by with one bloke in it by himself. And I think if they wanted to maximise the churn of guests, you could probably get five or six people into one of these bathtubs. So yeah. ones that were going by one, two, even three people in them, it does mean the queue can move a little bit slowly. It's also worth noting now the queue, none of the queues for any of these rides over the course of the day were that long. Um, but there was a point in the queue for Trips Drill where we literally had to time when we made our move because you, if you weren't careful, you would get absolutely soaked. There is a splash oh, zone in the queue. And one would assume that if on a particularly busy day, the queue just got back to that point and, and got held up, I don't know, maybe maybe guests who, who clocked what was going on, maybe, maybe they would like leave that empty space there within yeah. the queue. I would imagine that's probably what would end up happening, but it is something that's worth being aware of. There are points in the queue where if you're not paying attention and just stand still, you could well get quite wet. And, yes, 100%. Uh, we, we did not, but we did get pretty wet on the ride itself. Uh, oh, you mean the uh, I... bathtub ride to the Fountain of Youth? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, you got wetter than I did, Josh. I mean, I think we probably got off relatively lightly because... On balance, it was a fairly light bathtub that we were riding in, as it was just the two of us. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to me at least, the fact that I got fairly wet, the fact that the, the drop, the final drop, is, is a good one, I would say. It's yeah. a bit of a it's doozy. A good, good drop. Yeah. Th those those were not the standout moments of this particular ride. Uh, I think you know, Josh, what I'm referring to <laughs> oh, when I yeah. say there's a very obvious standout moment in this particular ride yes 100 percent. do you want to share do you want to share or are you going to leave this to me uh I, I was going to leave it to you I, I didn't know the best way to uh describe it i guess there's some boobies on the ride josh there's some straight up boobies straight up boobies yeah, yeah. yes i guess yeah if that's the way we want to say it yes well there's no other way of putting it there's no there's no point beating around the bush uh, there's bushes too uh, as it turns out, uh, yeah. I mean, again, this ride. I mean, it's the name is is all all Deutsch. It's all Deutsch to mich, and uh, any of the narration is also all Deutsch. So, I had no idea what was going on, to be quite frank, and so I had no reason to expect, and I had no reason to understand why there at some point might be a scene where there are just loads of naked women. And yet that was uh, something that occurs on this ride. So if you're particularly sensitive uh, about nudity, then perhaps that is something to consider as well. Uh, I was completely bemused by it. And I guess that means that uh, Hal Zuberkopf was not the only ride that had me giggling like a small child. because This one also <laughs> did, although I can say hand on heart that I did not dribble on this particular ride. There was no, no. drooling to be done here. It was it was bizarre though, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was kind of, I guess that was the kind of fountain of youth scene. Uh, right. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that would make yeah. sense because I seem to remember there were some there were some old naked ladies as well as some younger naked ladies. Yes. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. Various, various ages. There was a there was a uh, backwards drop on this log flume as well, which is uh, oh, yes, you're right. I was quite impressed to see actually. Uh, on on such a on such a ride in such a park to see a backwards drop, uh, it's mighty impressive. I think that was a running theme for almost all of the rides. To be fair, you know, I think they all yes. had more to them than than a, than appeared to be the case. You know, don't judge a book by its cover is a good approach to take. For I, I think almost all of the rides at this park. I think actually the the wild mouse and the the ride we'll talk about after that are maybe the only two where you kind of get what you would expect. So the wild mouse coaster, I mean, again, much like we did a few um, mine train coasters over the course of the trip, as I said, we also did do quite a few uh, wild mouse coasters. There was a particularly good one at Europa Park, 
And I think that the one at Trips Drill was, you know, it was fine. And I think actually the highlight, again, much as there were some really great interactions between uh, Voldamp and uh, Halzubakopf, uh, there was some nice moments as well where you could see uh, people on the bathtub log flume from the wild mouse and vice versa there's a moment yes. where they both kind of slow down a little bit and the uh the wild mouse is kind of up above the uh, looking down upon the the bathtub log flume and you can kind of wave to each other and say hello and uh, yeah that's all quite fun so again uh, just really nicely laid out these rides i think they've been very thoughtfully uh constructed and designed yes for sure um, and I, you know, I thought this was quite a, uh, it wasn't your usual wild mouse, which I was quite pleased to see. Um, they worked it in with, uh, there was interactions with the queue line, um, and obviously the interactions with the bathtub as well. And I thought it was, uh, it was pretty good fun. I think it's probably, uh, as wild mice go, wild mouses, wild meeses. That's uh, a good question. What is it? Is it what is the plural of wild mouse roller coasters? Uh, I go with the Muppets Christmas Carol of uh, no cheeses for us Mises. So it's a <laughs> wild Mises for me. Right. Okay. Solid logic, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is one of the actually one of the better wild Mises I've been on internationally. You know, fair German enough, Germans enough. coming in here with big, you know, high wild mice, wild mouse... Uh, game going on yeah i mean i mean i yeah i don't i don't completely agree i thought i thought it was kind of fairly standard so far as wild mises go but um no i think the kind of setting and the the landscaping is what kind of set it apart from yes yeah i, I i'm sorry to pick on it again but for example uh cheetah chase at bush gardens uh, <laughs> and so i'm just and, and just so i'm not just picking on that the spongebob wild, wild mouse coaster at movie park also um kind of just dumped in the place they happen to be dumped in. You know, they could be anywhere yes. else in the park. It doesn't really matter. This feels like they've actually put a little bit of thought into it and uh, into the sight lines and, and that kind yeah. of thing. So uh, I think that's, yeah, very, very well that's, done. That's one of the things I have with Wild Mouse Coasters is that they've always, or generally speaking, feel like they've just been dumped. Like, uh, yeah, this is kind of, it comes in this square shape mm. and we're just going to dump it somewhere and call it good yeah um, and that's what you you often find wild mises like that and to see one that's a bit more custom and a bit more integrated with the environment is you know that's what puts it up there for me it's kind of the ultimate stock roller coaster uh, isn't it and yes it doesn't it doesn't quite feel so stock at trips drill yeah exactly uh I think the other ride, though, where where you do kind of see what it is from the start, is Mammut, uh, which is a a big Woody, and Ooh, uh, this was fine. This was fine. I think it suffered from the fact that we'd been to Europa Park before we went here, and we had yeah. done uh, Wodan, which is a phenomenal wooden roller coaster, and would probably have been impossible to. I mean, that might be the best wooden coaster I've ever been on to be honest. Oh, and God, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. this one, as I say, was fine. It's pretty family friendly. It's not very rough at all. And again, I think the key thing that sets it apart and, uh, and makes it worth doing is just that it's, again, really beautifully set in, in the environment. There are some really lovely, lovely views. Uh, and probably the top of this chain lift is probably the best views of the park and the surrounding countryside that you're going to get in the entire park, I would say. This is probably just about as high and as with as clear sight lines as you're going to get uh, from the yeah, top I'd of this. So that, that makes it worth doing alone. And You know, um, it's, it is it's pretty good if you haven't been on, uh, you know, Woe Dan the day before. Uh, you're probably <laughs> going to say it's, it's a good coaster. And, you know, I, I'm not saying it's not a good coaster, but... You know, if we'd have done this beforehand, we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is really good. Um, but, you know, comparing it to Woden that we did literally the the two days prior to this, uh, it, it, it it is not in the same class, really. No. 
no, absolutely not. I think, you know, the same guy who owned the farm, who opened this park for the people, I like to think he also built, and again, I don't know if that's the actual background of Tripstrel, but that is the that is the fiction I've built for this. That's my fan fiction. Uh, and in that fan fiction, he also built Mammut himself by hand with just a hammer and some nails. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from the from the local logs in his in his personal sawmill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's worth noting as well, isn't it, that the queue for Mammut kind of has kind of has that vibe. You're like walking through a kind of almost yeah. feels like a family run lumber mill or something like that. Yeah, for sure. It it hundred percent has that vibe. It's definitely a sawmill. Weirdly, feels quite family. You know, like they've got the kids up during the you know during the holidays yeah. <laughs> to show them how it's done. Couldn't get away with that now. Health and safety. <laughs> yeah, no high vises or hard hats in sight. <laughs> no, nine. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure though, Josh, in my fan fiction uh, of this park, the the kindly the kindly farm owner. Did not build Caracho. This thing, oh. I mean, <laughs> this thing is mad. So uh, it's a Gerslauer ride. So it's, uh, you know, um, a Saw at Thorpe Park yeah, or perhaps Smiler. Smiler is a better comparison. I think in terms of just feeling like I've been completely thrown hell for leather and just I'm totally disorientated whilst on and then whilst once I've gotten off a roller coaster I think Smiler is a good point of comparison for how I felt on and coming off of Caracho this is a ride that you look at it from the outside and think to yourself yeah this is the lariest coaster at this park 100% and yet it is so much more lary than it even seems to be from the outside like this thing is absolutely insane. I don't yeah. know if you were, if you found it quite so intense and mad as I did, but this thing's pretty mad, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, well, generally speaking, I don't find rides as Larry as you do, obviously. Uh, Sorry, Odd. Well, you know, uh, coaster man by name, coaster man by nature, and all that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, but it, it is definitely the. Uh, most high intensity ride here and it, it does mm. throw you about that's for sure there's some turns in there that really catch you yeah and i think the key thing is that like there are so many that are back to back you know there's very yes. little downtime and whilst yeah what you can see of it from the outside makes very clear that it's the most intense ride in the park but it's what you can't see that really throws you i would say so yes. you know there's a decent chunk of the ride at the start which is indoors and in almost total darkness mm. and pretty much immediately once you leave the station i would say actually the ride attendants on this one were more attentive than on any other rides at this park they seemed a little more concentrated on filling up the, yeah. the coaster cars and, and making sure that, um, you know, it's, it's running relatively efficiently. It's the nature of these uh, Gerstelauer Eurofighters that they have to uh, have staff to pack them in properly because there's, you know, there's not enough coasters, you know, uh, trains on the track because they're small mm -hmm. trains. Um, so, yeah, you have to pack them in efficiently to get the desired throughputs of uh, customers. Yeah, they're they're very small. They're, it's basically like four armchairs, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like two sofas that have been uh, stuck together, um, one after the other. But uh, there, there's a launch. There's a really sudden drop just after you leave the station. The launch is what takes you kind of outside, and it's it's wild. I I I really found this one to be incredibly intense and. I, I can't remember if I was so much laughing as <laughs> I think this might have been a proper screamer for me actually. Right, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a wild one. Um, I've just got some of the stats up here in front of me. So it takes you naught to fifty six miles per hour in one point six seconds. Uh, there's a top hat. There's a dive loop. Various banked turns. Uh, another hill. A helix. Another dive loop. 
There's a tunnel section. There's a corkscrew. It's it's intense. There's there's a lot of elements there uh, that keep you guessing, and it's hard to see what's coming next because, as I say, there's so little downtime, so little opportunity for you to kind of assess where you're at. Uh, as soon as you've bailed out of one particular manoeuvre, you're, you're heading straight into the next one, generally speaking. Yeah, I think there's like one respite about two-thirds of the way through the coaster and it's like, oh, right, catch my breath for a second. And, oh, we're going again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also... I, I lose track slightly of the order of things here. We did do a River Rapids ride. Yes. Which, again, just beautifully, beautifully constructed. It's 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 really really something to behold and and may i say i've taken a photo as part of this twitter thread which could be a postcard i mean really oh, uh, stop lovely it. view of the river rapids ride uh, some flowers in the foreground some beautiful trees and uh carriage off in the distance as well uh this is quite similar to um but basically all the rides we talked about up up to carriage in that the the way the the ride building the queue area had been constructed it's very much designed to uh, look like the kind of german countryside buildings that that actually exist and yeah i really enjoyed it very not you know you don't get super wet it's not particularly intense you know popeye this is not and i think we got wetter on the bathtub log flume but um it's just pleasant and again it's uh, very photogenic. It took some good footage for the vlog on this one. Yeah, and there's a there's a really nice whirlpool moment as well, which is in the middle of a of a lake, which is really nice to see as well. And you can kind of see it from all angles, and it's really cool. Yeah, and the the framing device for this one is essentially that uh, you're doing the washing up. So, yeah, yeah. It's like the old uh, village laundrette, as it were, and everyone yeah. cl- everyone comes in and clubs together. All of the the women and the children, because um, this is set in the eighteen hundreds, uh, and exactly come together the as men, a group the men are off the clothing. The men are off chopping wood and building mammoth, and the women yeah. and the children are doing the washing up. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's maybe a little dated. Yeah, no, exactly, and and again, I think you know with the bathtub ride as well. This is not one where they're loading particularly efficiently. Uh, mm. It's a bit chaotic. Uh, the boats are always moving, and it's a conveyor belt style loader rather than a uh, a wheel, you know, the the turntable style. So you don't have a lot of time to dump your bag, get on. Uh, oh yeah, people right. are Running frantically around trying to get in, and there's a guy yeah, the... in a tower just shouting numbers at people. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's like the most thrilling part of the ride, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, making sure you get on it in time. Yeah. Um and and don't lose your bag. Uh I've got here Josh that our first sustenance of the day uh was eine Käse pretzel. Uh that's a cheese yeah. pretzel for all you was, uh, yeah. non-German speakers out there. Uh these were pretty good. I mean the pretzel bar was high. Pretzels all over the place on this particular trip and I thought this was one of the better ones actually. Uh, the cheese pretzel at Tripstool. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it was a good cheese pretzel. Very happy with it. Um, and it was good to, you know, generally speaking, I was getting, you know, like a salted pretzel, so it was nice to get um, variation, really, and get a cheese one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it... I mean, maybe it makes sense um, to talk a little more about some of the other food that we had. There, there are not a ton of options, to be fair. You know, there's a few food stalls you can get, you know, obviously ice cream and hot dogs and i think there was one slightly more formal sit down restaurant option that, that we did not partake in generally we were just kind of snacking our way around you got an ice cream at one point josh which you seem to quite enjoy yes and uh, yeah. i got an iced coffee which uh it's not what i was expecting necessarily so this is basically a dessert <laughs> yeah that, that thing was quite intense actually yeah it's a little bit of coffee with an awful lot of milk. There's a scoop of ice cream and a massive dollop of cream. So, uh, yeah, uh, don't view this as, hey, you know what? It's the morning. I need a coffee, but it's hot. Therefore, 
I will have an iced coffee and expect it to be coffee with ice in it. Uh, that's not what this is. <laughs> and it was very nice, but like I say, more of a dessert than a morning beverage, I would say. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, yeah, it was quite that thing looked looked like actually very nice. Even I was tempted. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think I actually did have that a little bit later in the day. So yes. I, I didn't have that in the morning. So actually, you know, it being a dessert wasn't as much of an issue as maybe it would have been if I'd got it at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, with yeah, like a say, like a savory breakfast. Like oh, I'm gonna have a pretzel and an iced coffee, and then they'd given me that. It would have maybe felt a little out of place. But I am glad that I had it after going on this this other ride that we'll talk about now. And and again, I I've lost sight of what this one was called. But if you go through the Twitter thread, watch the vlog, you'll see it. The best way of describing it, as I have done here, is that it looks like one of Ezio's contraptions from Assassin's Creed 2. Um, you know what I'm talking about, Josh? I do indeed, yeah. Do you it's, know uh, what kind of ride this is? Uh, the Is this the uh, the Hochenflug? <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, it could be das, the Hochenflug. Das Turbulente Flugdul. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't right. know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the official description of the type of ride is, but uh... right, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it here on Coasterpedia. I think I have found it. So this is called a Skyfly, and it's made by Gerslauer. Some other examples of of Skyflies here. There's uh, if people are aware of any of these, uh, there is the Red Arrow, Red Arrow Sky Force at Black. Pool Pleasure Beach. The only one on this list from the US is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shell Shock, which is at the Nickelodeon Universe Mall of America. Uh, this was fun though, right? And you you actually had some control over it. So the point is that you're trying to do uh, a complete uh, 360 inversion, send yourself uh, upside down. So yes. there's like there's a there's the main arm of the of the ride and coming off of that there are I think how many rows are there five rows uh, a row of two then a row of three then a row of two then a row of three then a row of two uh, so it's wait how many rows is that I can't count I also can't the video is moving too fast and I don't have any still images of it there's either five or six rows it's hard for me to tell from this. And uh, so you have independent control of your particular seat. There are wings, quote unquote, on either side and you are you can flap them. And the idea is that you're trying to flap yourself all the way over. Uh, Josh, you nearly managed it, right? Yes, I was uh, in mere inches uh, or centimetres for our European friends uh, from <laughs> turning over and just... And I think if I'd have managed to do it that one time, I would have been in a perfect cycle then. I could have just carried on going, but I just couldn't quite get there. No, you were close, but no yes. cigar. No it was cigar. good fun, though. I mean, I, this was, to my memory at least, the longest queue that we had to deal with. This was not very efficient because there's only one... It only runs... There's only one running at a time. And... Um, as I say, the ride attendants generally weren't that fussed about filling these things up. So they did occasionally let it go unfull. But I think it was probably worth the wait. It was unlike anything I'd done before and um, anything I've done since. So I was, I was glad to give it a go and I, I had a good time with it. Yes, for sure. Um, there's quite a few of these around the world, you know. I'm just looking at the map and, you know, you've got, uh, got uh, five in Germany... Uh, five in like Poland, one in Dubai. There's one. There's a couple in Japan. There's a Ninjago themed one in Japan. So far as other rides go, there weren't a ton of others really. There were some, you know, kiddie flat rides that we didn't really bother. There was kind of an interesting take on the teacups where you were, you were sat in a teacup and you could spin it, but rather than them all being you know, in a traditional teacup formation, 
these were actually on a little track going through yeah. some gardens. So again, very pretty and very nicely laid out, um, but not one that we tried ourselves. Um, there was another kind of little, you know, mine train esque kiddie coaster, which I think was done up more like a caterpillar than a train. One of the longer queues at the park on our day, obviously just due to the clientele of the day, having kind of younger families. Mm. One of the very one of the busier rides that day. There was also a kind of double drop tower. Uh, and I hadn't seen one like this before. So what seemed to happen with this one, it wasn't the highest drop tower in the world, but they're facing one another. I think it was uh, rows of uh, two rows, maybe four or five people per row. And there were two of them. And they were, as I say, facing one another. They seemed to go up pretty slowly and around about in time with each other and then almost kind of judder forward slightly away from the tower itself and these are done up to look like trees uh, and you're sitting on what's done up to look like uh, a log and and once they kind of juddered out from the tower they would then sort of go up and down slightly out of step with one another at that point but I've got to say and I'm sure, again, you know, it's clearly perfectly safe ride. But the way and the noise that it made in particular when it when it did that juddery motion to come out from the tower, I wasn't into that, Josh. That was uh, a little disconcerting for me. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the lean forward was something I, I, I've never seen as well. And, yeah, it's, that's uh, – it took me for a moment – at that moment, you kind of go, ah, I'll probably leave that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also a little fun house at Trips Drill, you know, some crazy mirrors and, uh, you know, bridges to walk over, swinging bridges and things like that, which was pretty good fun. Nearly took a tumble while we were playing around in there, I seem to remember. And yeah, I did also... take a tumble. I got a big old bruise from that that I had oh. to carry around for the next couple of days. Brutal. Brutal. And then there were also... young kid uh, laughed at me as well. No, that was me, Josh. Uh, Oh. Yeah. Uh, There were also some, I guess you could say, that almost storybook scenes. So as we'll get to when we do our Efteling episode, that has a very, very sizable part of the park, which is uh, this sort of fairy tale forest, where you're just walking around looking at these really intricately, beautifully designed scenes from famous fairy tales it's kind of a mix of stationary models really great animatronics visual effects music and sound and some live performers as well in the case of trips drill it was mostly static models a few very sort of rudimentary animatronics uh, but these scenes rather than all be in this kind of one area they were kind of dotted around all over the park really and I don't, you know, I think some of them were were meant to reflect sort of little fairy tale scenes, as I say. And mm. there were some weird ones. There was one with some kids trapped in a well. Uh, yeah, there was weird. one with some singing birds, which I, I didn't, I did not want to hang around that one for too long. <laughs> I think it, you know, if you thought it's a small world was annoying, this one maybe took it to new extremes. Yeah, and the uh, audio and wasn't were... quite high enough, so you could hear the flapping of the birds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then there were scenes as well that were a little bit more evocative of what we were talking about earlier, like um, with with mammoth and the kind of lumber mill setting, and then also the uh, river rapids ride. And and these were a bit more like, oh, this is kind of like f- scenes of of family countryside living, you know. And yeah. uh, there was one that was striking, and there's a picture of it in the Twitter thread that was striking to us because they literally looked like Parker and Penelope from Thunderbirds, absolute yeah. spitting images of the pair of them. And uh, yeah, I think that was just about it, though, in terms of stuff to uh, to discuss. I mean, you know, a few shops, as I say, kind of similar to the food options in that there's not a ton of like merch and stuff to buy, really. You know, there's, there's snacks and sweets you can take home. Uh, I've got a magnet. I've got a decent magnet. Oh. You didn't get a cap here, though, Josh, so it, it let you down no. there. Yeah, unfortunately so. Uh, not, it was not deserving much. of a good cap. Yeah, I would have happily spent a bit more money there because 
you know, I, I don't know if you've got the ticket prices in front of you, Josh, or remember yeah. what they were, but... Uh, 34 British pounds. Well worth 34 British pounds, if I do say so myself. Yes, for sure. It was uh, it was a really great day out. And the kind of part that I was very happy to to give money to, you know? I think we left at around about four o'clock, so it was maybe the shortest day thing park wise of the trip maybe tied maybe about tied with movie park but movie park was like okay yeah maybe we left at four for movie park as well but we we didn't repeat stuff whereas at trips drill to kind of extend the day a little bit we did go and do Hauzu Bakopf and Voldampf again yep. later in the day you know, there didn't seem to be any issues with doing that. It wasn't like, oh, by the time you wander back over there at two, three o'clock, the queues have got out of control. If anything, they might have been a little bit shorter than they were first thing in the morning by then. So that's very doable. And like we said at the top, really, when uh, with the, the rope drop experience, there's n you never really feel the need to rush around. You can take your time. You can soak it up. You can stop for food and drink. You can sunbathe if you like. There's, there's, there are literally sun lounges and deck chairs, tons of seating around the place. And uh, yeah. just, as I say, very pleasant, very pleasant. A, a really, really nice day out. I think it would be brilliant for a, for a family uh, that, you know, spanning all the generations. Something for everyone, genuinely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fun for the whole family. It's a cliche, but it's very, very true in this particular case. Yes. Like, uh, if you've gone back and if you if you've listened to the Chesterton episode of this podcast from a few weeks ago, or if you want to go back and listen to it, this is the park that I want Chesterton to be. The uh, the wildlife park just down the road, which is also a trip oh, drill attraction. Yes, and they run a little shuttle um, between the two. So yes. uh, you can park up at the theme park and then at various points during the day you can get a little shuttle, a little tram sort of thing uh, that will take you down to the zoo down the road. Uh, as you say, you didn't, we didn't do that, but that looked pretty good as well. So, yeah, really, really good day out. And, um, you know, maybe if you fancied the zoo as well, it would sustain two days. I can't really speak to that, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's plenty to do and it's, it's really, really enjoyable. So uh, if you're interested... Uh, absolutely go and watch the vlog which you can find on the youtube channel the best way to get to that is by going to links.parkrush.com that's also where you can find all our other socials if you want to get in touch with the show then podcast at parkrush.com is the email address and of course if you're not subscribed to the podcast then you can do that on your preferred podcasting app thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time auf wiedersehen